Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness Podcast. And on today's show, I have the founders and the executive directors of the Blind Social Center, Mr. Tony Blair and Mrs. Connie Blair. And we also have Marilyn Wynn, the executive administrative assistant. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. All right. Now, here at the Blind Social Center, I'm glad I came up here today. I got a nice, great tour of the facility. I got to see what you guys do and how you guys are making uh, the lives of people who are blind and vision impaired better here in Northwest Indiana, specifically Gary, Indiana. So I just want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast today. And um, first of all, I want to talk about how did you guys actually get started or what inspired you guys to um, create the Blind Social Center? Was that Tony or Connie? Yes. Well, actually, uh, the lack of uh, services in the Northwest Indiana area. I kind of started out when I, after I visited, my did my tour at Bosma. I started out and I recognized and realized that there wasn't anything available uh, in the Northwest, and I was just kind of appalled that there was so so much disparity in the area. My wife and I discussed it, and she was decided that we decided that. Uh, we need to do our own own uh, uh, social center or something. You know, we took us a minute to figure out exactly how we wanted to uh, formulate our organization, and God has truly blessed us in a way to uh, serve uh, many people in the Northwest region, um, emulating uh, some of the training that I have and I have gotten from through the uh, through the South at, in, in Bosma. Uh, it just really encouraged me to offer and share those type of things that they were enjoying in the South that was not available in the North. So that's what encouraged me to bring something closer to home because there is a, such a disparity in the Northwest Indiana region. Since we've been here, we've served many people and many patrons, and we call them patrons because we're here to serve them, and we've came a long way. We do quite a few things, and they just love the social uh, events and stuff that we end up doing. So how long have you guys been doing what you guys have been doing in Northwest Indiana, specifically Gary? Yeah, we just celebrated our fifth year. Okay. Uh, we celebrated our fifth year of uh, Dining in the Dark that Maryland kind of introduced us to, and we've been doing it ever since, uh, doing the Dining in the Dark Gala. And this year we had a, a wide, wide range of people to come out to support us and um it was really nice. It was well attended, and uh, hopefully next year to be even more. It be even more people that we are able to serve, and uh, that's where we are so, so far. So you just recently did Dining in the Dark. Explain Dining in the Dark and the concept of Dining in the Dark for those who may not know. Well, to us, it was is a is a um, situation that we can kind of give those sighted people a list, a glimpse of what we live through daily as a. Uh, blind individual, a vision impaired individual, how to eat in a social in a social atmosphere. And we kind of um, put them in the blindfolds and let them, uh, and we have ambassadors at, our t- at the tables to kind of help them navigate their eating and their, and their uh, plate of food. And uh, it has been really successful. We enjoy it. So, Tony, you said you, you yourself are blind, correct? Yes. So how long have you been blind? I think I'm going into my 11th or 12th year. Okay, and what caused you to uh, Mine, My eyesight loss is one of the greatest robbers in the uh, in the um, uh, black community is glaucoma. Yes. It's one of the uh, leading 
eye robbers of of uh, our community. That's true. That's true. So how important is it for like especially African Americans to actually you know get those vision checks and to be aware of like diabetes and other eye diseases that may rob us of our vision? Oh, that's so important because had I not um, been so lackadaisy and complacent with my initial sight loss, I probably would have had a little more sight than I have now, which is none. Um, and not having the um, type of insurance that is needed to fully take care of your eyes and stuff, uh, I think um, that is one of the things that uh, lack of insurance, I wasn't able to get the type of surgeries that could have possibly saved some of my sight during the sight loss. It was aggressive type. Once it started going, it went quickly. Uh, I think within, what you say, baby, seven, eight months, it was kind of gone. About eight months. About eight months, and uh, it was out of there. Uh, had I was able to possibly got one of the surgeries there to control the pressure, that's the main thing because in my right eye, the, serv- the optical nerve in my right eye had severed itself. And it's so important to keep be vigilant in uh, pressures of your eyes not only with just glaucoma, I mean, with, like you say, with the diabetes and all these different types of diseases, that uh, eye diseases that can take your sight and rob you of a, a healthy way of living. And I just thank God for my wife to um, help me to realize life doesn't end because I lost my sight. So, and we started doing other things. So, Mrs. Blair, once um, Tony received that diagnosis, what was going through your mind? Um, actually, the main thing that was going through my mind is that just that point, life doesn't end because he's blind. We must maintain our way of living. We downsized from where we were, but we, I I just couldn't see. It was like nothing changed for me because it was like, it's just his sight. Yes. It, It doesn't affect his mental capacity. To the degree where he's not functional, because I know some people it does affect their mm-hmm. mental capacity mm-hmm. to continue on a day-to-day routine. Uh, but Tony being the type of person that he is and having the character that he has, he's always been a just go-getter in terms of doing whatever was necessary to do that needed to be done. So I was thankful to God that his personality didn't change, I would say, 100% of being disabled, not being able to see. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest thing. I was just so thankful to God that it didn't change his personality where it affected our lives totally, where we were not able to function Mm -hmm. daily and able to continue to get along as husband and wife. Because I do know a lot of couples that I've seen over the years that we were introduced to when Tony first lost his sight 11 years ago. So 11 years ago, once you got that diagnosis, so what what were your thoughts? Like, what were you going to do? Like, like how was I going to get services? Did you guys seek out different services? Or what did you guys start to initially get help? Um, to live independently, well, yeah, I would say. Uh, we did that. Um, first thing, first things first, uh, we found out um, that he needed to contact 
um, voc uh, oh, vocation, yeah, mm -hmm. voc rehab, uh, where he would be assigned a state representative. And once he was signed a state representative, then the rep the, the representative would assess his needs in terms of what he wanted to do forward, moving forward. So from that assessment, um, it was then um, agreed that Bosma Enterprises was the best place for him to go for his rehabilitation uh, training. So we did just that. We went to Bosma, and I thank Bosma Enterprises for allowing me to participate in the six-month program with him because through that experience of being there with him, I learned just as much for me that I needed to know in terms of what blind individuals go through and how they have to learn to navigate their new lives their new life with their new life skills that they've learned. So you said you actually went through the training, so you was in class with them? Well, they allowed me to be in class sometimes, okay. not all the time. Yeah. Uh, but just being there and watching the other individuals that were there that were blind as well, watching them learn how to navigate, it just taught me so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would... It, yeah, and I did volunteer the time that was I was there with him. Wow. I was a volunteer for Bosma in their uh, corporate division. Yeah. Wow, that's that's why I think a lot more families actually need to actually see what that individual is going through, the things that they have learned, the things yes. they actually have to deal with. Because sometimes people will, I find it. A lot of times, families will hinder you or hold you back yes. and try oh, yes. to do yes. things for you. So yes. Yes. it's like, oh, don't that's stop. True. <laughs> That's true. Um, I really get a little perturbed sometimes yes. with some of the family members. Um, however, I know it's a learning process mm -hmm. and you have to be open to learning. If the family members are not open to learning, there's I can talk into them blue in the face. Yes. They're not going to get it. Yes. But I agree with you. It, it really should be um, a requirement for the family members to come along or even just a period of time to come down yes. with the with the client that's going through their rehabilitation, at least for a period of time, maybe even a week or two, just so they can see. Because like I said, for me, when I went and did the tour at Bosman and I was shown the manufacturing department to watch the blind individuals work on an assembly line was just totally fascinating to me. Yeah that you can actually learn how to do something in terms of quote-unquote the workforce where it shows you that no matter what happens to you in life, life doesn't stop. It you doesn't. still can continue on in any form of career that you want. Yes, yes. Miss Marilyn, how you doing? Oh, I'm wonderful. How about yourself, Ray? I'm doing good. So Marilyn, I know you are the Executive Administrative Assistant here at the Blind Social Center. So. What are some of your duties here at the Blind Social Center? My top priority is to make sure that the Blairs are pleased <laughs> and um, sometimes making them, uh, <clears throat> making them pleased. I, 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 um, that's my joy. That's what I do. That's my purpose. And whatever that needs to be done, I'm here to do that. I consider myself a gap filler. I fill in the gaps. And you yourself <laughs> are visually impaired, correct? Yes, I am. So how long have you been visually impaired? Um, a total of 
13 years, I believe. 13. Okay, and you yourself actually went through training as well at Bob Enterprise. Man, I went through a blessing at at Bosma, um, and I affectionately call it boot camp. And mm-hmm. the boot camp got me right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you don't mind, what actually caused you your vision loss? To be honest, I think it's totally a mystery mm-hmm. because um, my first diagnosis was a misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed as having macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. Once I came to Bosma, I saw um, a low vision specialist, and that was not so. It's retinal pigmentosis. Mm-hmm. So, as we all know, they consider that as being something that's inherited. Now, where it's inherited from, I don't know, because, you know, the elders, um, not just in my family, but in a lot of families, they're so private. So even when they did things or they went through things, you never knew what it was. So and I now all of a sudden everybody's popping up to tell me stories about this one was blind or that one was blind. And I had no clue. So. Uh, once again, that goes back to maybe a cultural thing. Cause I find out in many different cultures, do you think it's shame? This goes to anybody. I I believe it is shame because, believe it or not, most family members are ashamed of a person if they are blind. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of individuals end at home in front of a television and not even going out in public. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why I know for certain that the Blind Social Center has been a blessing to many people mm-hmm. because there have been individuals that have been stuck in their homes right here in Gary, Indiana for years, never mm-hmm. even coming up out of a basement. Wow. But now they're out of the basement and they're living life like it's golden. Wow, and yes. they got that from right here at this Blind Social Center. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> so prior to uh, you losing your vision, Tony, what were you doing? What was I doing? I was a general contractor. Okay. And I still do various things. I've been on the roof cleaning my gutters. I've patched holes on my roof. I've fixed my sewer pipes under the bay, under the crawl space. I Jesus. mean, I do not. Do he <laughs> makes me leave the room and leave poor Miss Blair standing up there like the faithful wife watching over. I'm about to bring you back to Indianapolis. Uh, Jack I'm of all about trades. O'clock, so. And, and his wife, she's so faithful. She just stand there, and I say, "Well, I, I'm going to leave because we're going to need somebody to tell the story. I'm the storyteller." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I saw the table he put together. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yes. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that table that you showed me in the conference room that you. Oh, that was kind of like a 10 piece. That was a story in itself as it well. Was 14 pieces. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 10 pieces. <laughs> One of my sighted, one of my sighted, one of my uh, patrons' husbands was going to help me. <laughs> and. He got to looking at the, oh, that don't go there. They didn't give you the wrong parts and stuff. It don't, I said, now, Ray, I call it, now, Ray, that's supposed to go together. I said, go on in there, go on there, go on and sit down. And then my little nephew, I had my little nephew with me. I said, come on, man. And he closed the door. And uh, we got to figuring out these parts and stuff. And about 45 minutes later, we had that thing together. And I say, hey, Ray, come and take a look. <laughs> How do you do that? Oh, you say 45 minutes? Yeah, he did. Man. That was one of our ta-da's. And we didn't quite feel them from him. Right. If he's not ta-da-ing us, it's Mrs. Blair. She she has a many ta-da's, too. That, that's wonderful. Now, what was really amazing to me about the um, table itself was that the tools that he used to mm. put the table yes. together. Yes, yeah. He used a dime, 
and one of those a key, key ring, ring. Uh, <laughs> and a key ring that okay. had a point on it. But uh, he used a dime and a key <laughs> ring. Normal people use a screwdriver. Ah, screwdrivers, <laughs> branches, and all them other things. But that's uh, what was amazing to me. Not MacGyver. MacGyver. Not MacGyver. <laughs> I inherited the name MacGyver. <laughs> That's wonderful, and that just shows you the capabilities of people who are blind. There's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. There's a will, there's a way. Yes, sir. So what kind of services do you provide uh, your patrons here at the Blind Social Center? Go ahead, Connie. Well, well, we actually, um, um, we provide an array of services. Um, The services are geared toward the individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they uh, originally come to the center, we do an intake um, application on them to find out what's more important to them in terms of where they are right then in their lives. And once we do that, uh, then we uh, get into the service end of it, which is we do a little uh, light braille teaching uh, grade one. Uh, We have one of our patrons that is very affluent in braille, and she teaches the braille session here and then we do um ipad training uh we do computer keyboard we teach them the keyboard because we know that in today's society it's now a computer world Mm -hmm. so we must become indebted to the keyboard to be able to get on the internet and do whatever needs to be done as far as browsing whatsoever so we teach them how to do that uh we have um uh, cooking classes that we cook, what we call our program, uh, Cooking with Kanye, um, which I'm the lead uh, cook in that class, in that training class. And we teach them how to cook safely on the new wave technology. Okay. And it's a class that we do every Thursday uh, between the hours of 1 and 3 in the afternoon. And it's open to the public to come in and learn how a blind person cooks safely and even uh, teach the sighted how to cook safely. Yes. Um, but it's a program that works very well, um, and everyone loves the cooking program. Because one thing that I've learned uh, since I've been in the blind community is that there's individuals that are at home, because we do visit blind um, and disabled individuals on mm-hmm. Tuesdays, which is our outreach day. And since we've been doing that, I've learned that there's individuals at home that are not eating properly because they wait for the family members to come home and cook because the family members are either at work or, or out. So we, it's one of the things that kind of took me to, to the level of saying, you know, if you don't do anything else, you must learn how to be independent. Yes to cook for yourself. So that's what started our program here, for them to teach, to teach them how to cook so they're not home um, hungry and waiting for family members to cook for them. So how do individuals get to the center? Well, actually, they're dropped off by their family members because okay. currently uh, we do not um, offer transportation, which is something that we, we're working on. And um, anyone out there listening that would be interested in assisting transportation for the blind, please give us a call because that's one of the uh, downfalls of being blind is that there's a transportation issue for that blind individual. 
of course, we know they can't drive for themselves, so they have the unfortunate. <laughs> they have the unfortunate um, um, uh, uh, burden of waiting for others yes. to take them different places that they need to go. So um, the family members drop them off. Um, most of our programs run two hours, two to three hour intervals. The family members come back and pick them up. Uh, but we do have um, um, offer social services as well as far as social outings. And when we do our social outings, we then carpool with different individuals to make sure that all of the patrons get to that particular outing that we're planning for that day. Okay. So when are you guys open? Our hours are from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Monday through Friday. Uh, Saturdays by appointments. Um, we have uh, different um, events that we have also that the center is available for on weekends. If you want to have a birthday party, different um, gatherings, gatherings social and social gatherings of that such. Tuesdays you might call for that day because that's an outreach day. Okay. Tuesdays. Uh, so I'm, I've seen um, that you guys do some kayaking recently. Oh, yeah. Yes. Talk yes. about the kayaking and that, what, what kind of uh, uh, turnout was the, did you get with that? Well, uh, Marilyn can explain that she loves yeah. We have to, when we go kayaking, <laughs> we have to actually beck her to come in. Okay. <laughs> it's time to go now because she really loves the kayaking. Well, kayaking is amazing. It actually gives you power. Because you're um, capable, you don't even really need the eyes to see. And um, if you don't care not to go by yourself, they have it accessible with, uh, what is it called? Tandem. Tandem boats, where you can have a, a guide in the boat with you alongside. It's a two-seater. I prefer the one-seater. I like to be like Patty LaBelle. I like to be on my own. But at the same time, I do need someone in another kayak that's for, um, close to me to kind of navigate where we are and where we're going. Mr. Blair, they did a cool thing with him this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 it, it's the coolest of the coolest because not only were were that he got an opportunity to kayak on his own, they had an opportunity to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. They took rope and connected another kayak. So he was on his own, in his own kayak. And what did you call it? Towing pole? Towing. Towing. Which was totally awesome. This blind man on the lake in actuality, he he was in behind running into to the one in front of him because he was going so fast because he, he had a beat. He didn't want to lose his beat. <laughs> but that was awesome. And as far as I turn out, um, in the beginning, we had a very um, great following. But um, for this year, we were low in numbers. But the spirit was still high because we still went out there and did what we do. Yeah, have a good time. That. Yeah, I've never been kayaking. That sounds wonderful. Oh, right, man, right. I hate it. It's over. You, you got to. You got to well, call right, me and email me something. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to love it. Yeah, let me know. We, we actually do it uh, three times a year Okay. Uh, in June, July, and August. So we'll okay. let you know those dates Merge that June. we're We'll send you the dates and you can lock Merge them on June in there. I'm here. I'm back. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the arrangers that assist us and uh, and. Uh, and uh, Accompanying us in, the, in that in that uh, event, it is really cool. We have some 
uh, awesome arrangers. They and just, they're mm-hmm. young people. They're young people. And they love to work with uh, people like ourselves, and and they just love getting people outside, out of their home, and in, into the fresh air, and into, into the uh, into uh, uh, doing something other than just sitting at home, you know, moping and and feeling depressed, like you can't do anything. I mean, you can do all things. Uh, you just have to have a strong spirit in God and belief in God that you can do all things through mm-hmm. His strength. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one more thing before I, before I let you guys go. 70% is the nationwide unemployment rate among people who are blind or visually impaired. And I know it's higher probably even in certain areas here. So how do we change the conversation? How do we change the perception of the capabilities of people who are blind or visually impaired? Well, actually, I, I, I think opportunity. Say, yes, definitely opportunity. But then um, I, by me being sighted, I kind of look at it on both ends, mm-hmm. uh, try to weigh and balance it on both ends. Because um, from my perspective, the business owners right. need to be educated. Yes. And that's what I was talking about. On blind, <laughs> blindness, whether totally blind or low vision, the business owners need to be educated. educated. See, that's, what I, that's what I mean by opportunity. They don't give us the opportunity to, ex, you know, explore or to to uh, use the talents that we have. Because I've done all kinds of things. I know people in our, in our group are still capable of doing just as much, if not more, than a sighted person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't have the opportunity because I don't know what their reasoning are, is, why they doesn't why they don't give us the opportunity to explore our abilities, but um, that's what we find ourselves find ourselves uh, dealing with. It's more lack of knowledge. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's really it. Lack of knowledge, lack of exposure. And yeah. once you expose that individual, because they may not know that you have a computer that talks or your phone does X, Y, and Z. Uh, mm-hmm. You take a um, yellow cab or Uber, whatever, to back and forth to work. So just. Lack of education, lack of exposure mm-hmm. is probably the biggest thing that we deal with, and lack of perception. Mm-hmm. So, but then one of the approaches that we have uh, decided here at the Blind Social Center uh, to take and going forward to into next year, twenty twenty, is reaching out to the corporate world in terms of corporate administrative, the executive side, to have them to come in, give them tours, give them the experience. So they can then start thinking more on on the lines of, well, I can a blind person can do this, they can't do that. Just educating them. So therefore, when a blind individual applies with their company, they have experienced what they what they would feature every day for that that individual that apply, and they would be more compassionate. In hiring them because yes. they know the capability yes. that a blind person can have because they've experienced, had an a inkling of an experience yes. in terms of what they go through on a daily exactly. life. Exactly. Oh. I'd like to switch gears just a little bit from that because of the um, lack of lack of um, knowledge on most people's part and the business owners. Uh, we were, um, uh, a week or, week or so ago, we, were, we had the privilege to sit down with about 22 different doctors and to share with them. I mean, on the physical side, they can deal with the physical side, but on the mental part of the problems and the issues that we have as a blind individual, we run into where a lot of oppression comes in, into play and affects the mental 
challenges of the uh, vision impaired or the blind person because of lack of understanding of uh, and the abilities of a blind person. And we're working with that far as uh, helping those to come out of the oppression and the uh, disparity that they're in. We find that it's a lot of uh, vision impaired and blind people are just home oppressed and, and don't know what to do or where to, what to do and where to go to get the help. Mm-hmm. And we're finding a lot of that even today, people coming into the um, blind uh, blind in, in, uh blind uh, uh, industry or world, whatever you want to call it. But um, being able to uh, go out and assure people that life doesn't end because you're losing your sight, there are still ways with the technology that we have today, it kind of helps us move people from that oppression to a healthier state mm-hmm. of life. Uh, and that's what it's about with me. Yeah. Technology is the great equalizer right now. Right now yes, it, it is. is. Yes, right it now is. it is. Yes, well, uh, if anyone wants to donate, they want to learn more, how do they get in contact with the Blind Social Center, the BSC? Marilyn? You can reach the Blind Social Center by calling area code 219-980-0097 and or you may email the center at blindsocialcenter at yahoo.com and or check us out on our website, which is theblindsocialcenter.org. Org. And at that website, all you have to do is press that button that says donate and we got you. Um, you can also mail in um, donations by doing so with the address of 4955 Broadway 46409. Right. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. You could definitely. The G and the I. <laughs> you could definitely check them out at the Blonde Social Center website, and mm-hmm. they got a nice song right there. So once you click on it, you want to hear a nice right. song with everything on it. So I definitely appreciate all you guys for coming on the podcast today. Oh, and thanks for having we us. We appreciate you for having yes, us. Yes, shedding light on blindness here in Gary, Indiana. Yes, yeah, I appreciate it. you guys for yes. letting it. me come and check out the center today. And if you're not subscribed, check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. And I'll see you guys next week. The Blind Social Center. Where we're fighting to bring light to others' darkness. Helping and aiding the visual impaired. Simply fighting to live.